One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. From the number one Sunday Times bestselling author of Her Majesty's Royal Coven, comes the stunning sequel, The Shadow Cabinet. Join the witches of Hebden Bridge for more magic, mayhem and romance as they take on dangerously sexy warlocks and witchfinders. Available in hardback and audiobook, narrated by Bridgerton star Nicola Coughlin. The Shadow Cabinet, the new novel from Juno Dawson, is out now. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, your weekly Sex in the City podcast where we take the iconic questions of Carrie Bradshaw and apply them to modern life and love. Only we're not doing that at the moment because we are examining season two of And Just Like That in our little bonus episodes. As ever, you are listening to numbers two and three on the MILF list. <laughs> it's Juna Dawson and Dylan B. Jones. Dylan, I think you're number two and I'm number three. <laughs> But who's number one? Charlie Craig. Charlie Craig's is number one. <laughs> um, hello. This week we are discussing chapter three, which is not a placeholder title, as I thought. Maybe it was, and they just forgot to give it a title. I mean, the... <laughs> I mean, it could, it could be now. Now TV might be might be messing with us all. Um, hello, Dylan. How are you? I'm fine. I'm feeling. Um... <laughs> A little bit delirious coming off of episode three. <laughs> we've done we've done three episodes very quickly. I don't think anybody meant for people to watch Sex and the City in such rapid succession. Um, um I'm I'm glad I'm glad we've taken a break between episode two and three, although not much of a break between episodes two and three, but Yeah, because originally we were planning to do all three at once and then split our episodes and do it that way, but I think we actually would have gone insane. Correct, um, yes. <laughs> My little cannoli. Um, oh, <laughs> the cream, the cream in my cannoli. <laughs> oh, oh dear, there, there's there's a lot to discuss. Again, we haven't got a question to answer. They um, mm. and just like that doesn't pose sort of philosophical or feminist issues for us to answer. But we can because we're we're all fans of Sex and the City here, so we'll we'll just go through go through the episode. Yeah, with our cultural yeah. critique. As yeah. ever. So and there's Dylan, plenty to critique, as always. <laughs> there is, there is. Although I will say before we go in, I think this episode was was I think the best of the three. Yes, for sure. Mm. Although there is yeah. there are still <laughs> things. Things. Do you know what this show... Oh gosh. I was trying to put my finger on what this show makes me feel like. And it makes me feel like Latrice Royale 
in the season four snatch game <laughs> like the level of unprofessionalism <laughs> and it also makes me feel a bit like listening to the music of Megan Trainer. it makes me feel angry but also like oddly energized at the same time <laughs> listeners tell us how doesn't just like that make you feel but you can only tell us through other pop culture references <laughs> you can only tell us via a netflix comedy pilot in the format of a netflix comedy pilot with the laughter track <laughs> oh my god i mean <laughs> incomprehensible dylan <laughs> open your potted synopsis yes getting ahead of ourselves so as i've just said che is filming their pilot mm-hmm. um on the warner brothers lot Mm-hmm. Um and Miranda attends and embarrasses herself. Mm-hmm. Um and also Miranda's on a bit of a journey of like sort of self care and self self discovery, I guess, and like working out what she wants to do. Really, um, Carrie is uh reading her oh recording the mm-hmm. audio book book about grief and losing big. Um, and we spend some time with her in the recording studio and like the emotions around that. Mm-hmm. Um, Seema gets her Birkin stolen. Mm-hmm. Um, crime, in a the pl- crime-filled streets of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is a bit of a theme um, mm-hmm. this, this week. I wonder if like something, I wonder if there was like, there's some sort of dialogue in New York that we've missed out on. Um, like maybe there was a spate of robberies or something, or maybe it's just a random storyline. I don't mm-hmm. know. Because Lizette, um, Lizette and... is also being targeted in a crime world. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah, Lizette is back. Carrie, Carrie's young neighbour from mm. season one. Uh, she's launching a jewellery line. And, uh, God, there's a lot going on. Again, um, Naya is filming a documentary with LTW, mm. or like is doing like an interview, a filmed interview with LTW, um, and LTW and Charlotte discover there's a MILF list at their school put together by the kids. And then, oh, and Brady is having issues in Amsterdam as well. Brady's broken up with his girlfriend. So, yeah, so we have a, we have a lot to talk about. Again, if only there were as a friendly voiceover to link all these disparate threads together. Yeah. But alas, yeah. there isn't. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so we do just have a, a series of six women experiencing different things um <laughs> but let's start with carrie i did actually yeah. find the audiobook scenes quite moving yes me um, too yeah i thought it was a really nice way to remind viewers of like the trauma of that it was quite a smooth quite a clever credit where credit's due like quite a cre- clever way of doing it i thought and also funny which is what the what sex and city always yeah. did quite well if we think back to My Mother Bod Myself, the other big grief episode, you know, you've got the absurdity of Samantha losing her orgasm sort of offset with Miranda realising she is going to miss her mum after all. Yeah. While being fitted for a bra. And so I think you've got Carrie reliving the trauma of Big Dying through the recording of her audiobook, offset with the fact she pretends to have COVID, which is quite genuinely quite funny. Um, like <laughs> Carrie, Carrie's attempts to avoid doing her audiobook are extreme and amusing. Um, and Carrie would Carrie would pretend to have COVID as well. Like oh, 100%. Because the excuse is right there. 
Yeah. I can't. I cannot pretend it hasn't crossed my mind on occasion <laughs> as well to say, "Oh, I've got COVID." Do you know what? Do you know what? I've you you. I've never like pulled them up on it because you'd never be able to prove it. But there have been a couple of times where friends have been like, "I've got COVID," and I've been like, "Have you <laughs> really? Have you though?" <laughs> Um, it's it's right there for the taking it's covid <laughs> like nobody wants it it's a great excuse although the thing is miss carrie bradshaw it's it's when you have to stick to for five to ten days <laughs> yeah, you, can't, yeah. you know it will take you out i would have loved it if somebody from her publisher had seen her at lizette's jewelry lodge I was like, expecting... oh i thought you had covid yeah i was expecting that to happen or like charlotte's there or something mm-hmm. that would have been quite funny um, but yeah, really touching scenes in the studio. I liked it when they got a bit arty with the mm. editing and like the words. I thought sometimes that stuff can come across hokey, but I thought it, it was pretty good. And when the shower sounds came in, I was like, oh. Oh yeah, quite, quite horrible. And it's interesting how a shower has been made to sound quite chilling. Obviously some things yeah. are so kind of mundane that we hear every single day, but for Carrie... Yeah, I thought really interesting that she now has this weird sort of memory around the sound of showers running. Oh, mm. um, and as well, it's you know I'm not going to name names because it's not for me to sort of out this person. But um, a few yeah. weeks ago, I went into the recording studio to meet Nicola Cochran as she recorded the audiobook for the Shadow Cabinet, available now in all good bookshops, and. At the same time that Nicola was recording my book, there was, let's say, a TV personality who was in the next studio over recording their book. And again, it was a memoir, and it details a lot of things about her mental health and the breakdown of her marriage. And she was in a mess. She'd had to come outside Mm. to take a break, and she was very apologetic. Mm. She was like, what must you think of me? I look like a mess. Mm. And she said, you know, that in the day before she'd only managed to get through about one chapter because she was finding it also triggering. Wow. And I was like, wow, kind of. Yeah. And I mean, I so I had I did the audiobook for the gender games, which is my book of essays, my memoir. And there were bits where I didn't go full carry, but I almost had to disassociate. Like, I was very minded that there was some man in the next room over listening to me speak very intimately about my body and my gender transition. And I almost had to be like, like, imagine you're writing about someone else. You just have to get through this. Yeah, It it does take hours and hours and hours. You are listening to your own voice being played back in your ear. It is, I know it's... Surreal. It's surreal. And I I mean, we're talking about a very, very first world problem here. That kind of like, oh no, (laughs) I have to record my own audio book. But I will say, as somebody who has been in that same position as as Carrie, where I had to go in there and sort of read details about my mum and dad and my childhood. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. It's also almost like the opposite of like... um good therapy it's 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 like a psychological nightmare isn't it because it's like it's like if you said to someone like um you have to read your life back to yourself mm-hmm. and hear your own voice in your ear the worst parts of your life like mm-hmm. that's like yeah that's, that's a lot absolutely <laughs> like being in sort of like a weird cheese dream yes yeah um, and i think i think we did it over th- three or four days and it's it's 
a long, long day. So I did, I bizarrely, I'm one of few people in the world who probably understand what Carrie was going through in that moment. Um, And that is why now Nicola Coughlin of Derry Girls and Bridgerton we salute you for doing my audiobooks. Because <laughs> I, like Carrie, understand the need to get Julianne Margulies, Julianne Moore, <laughs> one of the Julianne's. Both, two two of my favourite actresses. If perhaps my two favourite actresses, actually. <laughs> Dylan loves Julianne Moore. I do love Julianne Moore. In fact, here she is. The listeners can't see, obviously, but... The Julianne Moore cushion. A, a Julianne Moore throw cushion that I got on Redbubble. Um... <laughs> Another note about Carrie's recording. Terrible, as we've learned, terrible Mm. outfit for recording. She was wearing a dress with like festooned with like jangly bits and Mm. like three necklaces. That would have been a problem. (laughs) They would have asked her to take that off. Yes, we can hear your blouse, Carrie. We can hear your blouse on mic. Gosh, I didn't clock that. Well, well spotted. (laughs) Um, So Carrie, she has a chance meeting with Bitsy Von Muffling. Yes, Bitsy Von, Muff- von, von Muffling, who's like banging her nose up against the window like a <laughs> like a t- terrier. <laughs> but I do love Bitsy. Me too, me too. And, and I'll say why, because having just got back from New York, the, the facelift socialite is truly <laughs> a breed of woman who their natural habitat is New York and West London. Like if yeah. you want to see kind of like a wealthy woman... Although if Bitsy has had a, a facelift, I've certainly seen worse facelifts. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Um, and again, I like I like the satellite characters in their life. I like these kind of people who drift in and out of Carrie's orbit because that's very true. And remember, mm. Manhattan is really small, and mm. the West Village is even smaller. Um, yeah. And so I like that Carrie does occasionally run into these kind of recurring Susan Sharon-like characters. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, a bit, see, and, and again, we, we know that she lost, she lost Bobby Fine to, to the COVID, if we remember in season one. Yeah. And I also really like that scene where Bitsy, they have that moment of shared experience. They're both bereaved widows. And, yeah. and I, I like the scene about, You'll never fill the hole, but things will grow around the hole. Yeah. It was quite, I found it quite touching when she said, um, when Carrie's like, oh, but you're always so up and like out there. And Bitsy's like, sometimes I am and sometimes I'm just faking it, sister. Like, and admitting that, like, that was quite touching. Yeah, quite another, like, quite nice scene. I like Bitsy. I like Bitsy a lot. Um, And I think it's right in the same way that we were critical of how quickly Miranda's alcoholism was just forgotten. I think it's really important that we do touch on the fact that Carrie's partner of 25 years on and off dropped dead in the shower last year. And while we we are excited to see her move on and date Franklin or meet Aiden, you know, it's kind of, I think it's right that we, we can't move on from that grief because you know grief is a lifelong thing you know it's with you yeah. it's with you forever kind of um and so carrie she tries to fill the hole with shoe shopping yeah <sighs> didn't sit well with me they they're a bit i mean I, I suppose it was written before the depths of the cosy lives that we're in now and i do understand that like carrie of course like carrie's 
self-care has always been buying shoes Mm. but it was a bit better when she couldn't afford to and all the other ladies were like what are you doing you can't afford this and then she couldn't Mm. afford to buy a house because she'd bought so many shoes but like bundling in with all those bags from Bergdorf's while like most of the viewers of this show are like sat at home I don't know. And it would have been fine having her do that as long as like someone had referenced like, oh, that's so excessive, Carrie. Or mm. And she'd been like, I know it's excessive, but it's myself. But like, ugh, I don't know. It just, mm, the optics. So, I mean, this is this is my big criticism. Actually, no, it's not a criticism, but it's why, it's why I can't love and just like that as much as I love Sex and the City. And that is because we have left the real world. And I know, yeah. I know what Michael Patrick King would say. He would say that in difficult times, it's okay to be aspirational and it's okay to have mm. the fantasy. And you know, let's not forget that last year, Big left Natasha a million dollars in mm. his will. So what do we think he has left Carrie? You know, kind of millions and millions of dollars, including yeah. whatever they sold, SEMA sold their property for, which in... Manhattan would have what been 18, 19 million dollars or something yeah so Carrie is minted we know she's minted buying dozens of pairs of shoes at what five hundred dollars a pop uh not even gonna scratch the surface um and we know this we know but it for me that choice that choice to move all four of the women, if we include Samantha, to move all four of them into millionaire territory. It took away part of the realism of the show. Yeah. Like and it's a bit of a it's a bit of a missed opportunity. Like I was thinking with uh Lisette, hmm. they they don't really um touch on like her having money or not having money mm. i feel like she's like from privilege that she's she's living in a gorgeous apartment right yeah um, for yeah. someone who's in what in their early 20s she's living in a gorgeous apartment by herself mm-hmm. um and she's just sort of managed to start this jewelry line um so presumably she's minted as well like it, it would have been interesting if she'd been like to carry like oh can i borrow some money or something like i don't know like mm. just something about that would have been interesting so i've just got back from new york I was speaking to some of the young women who work at my publishing house and one of them, well, none of them, none of them now live in Manhattan. They all live in kind of Greenpoint or Bushwick or Queens. Yeah. And yeah. one of them did used to live in Manhattan, but she was sharing with four other girls in a windowless center apartment. So mm. they were, they were in the center of a block. They didn't have any external windows. I'm not even yeah. sure that's legal in the UK. I don't think you can call it a dwelling if there are windows. So, you know, Lizette's experience as a woman in her 20s in Manhattan is wild. And we know we know she used to be a model. Maybe she was a very successful model. I don't know. But um, yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I I know that that was their argument last time. I remember when the films came out. So the films came out. Sex and the City 1 came out in 2008 when we were in the middle of the financial crash and they were like, no, people people want escapism. People want to remember what... And I was like... Mm. And okay. So, you know, Sex and the City once in the original six-year run touched on Carrie's money trouble in the Ring-A-Ding yeah. episode where, where Charlotte gives Carrie her engagement ring. Yeah. Other than that, we never really talked about money. So I think that that is a choice. It is a choice that they've decided... Yeah. That money, money is not an issue for these women. Um, 
And and you know what, Dylan? You're not going to want to hear this, but there is a ring of truth to it because even in a cost of living crisis, shall I tell you who stays rich? Oh, the, the rich. rich, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So we're not we're not dealing entirely in fantasy. The these no. you know these women will weather a recession because rich people always do. So mm. yeah. Um. Shall we have a short break and then yes. recap with the rest of them? Okay, stay tuned. Yeah. We have another five women, including <laughs> including some quite questionable behaviour from Charlotte and LTW. <laughs> we will we'll be with you for some child grooming. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome back to So I Got to Thinking. These are our And Just Like That specials and this week we're discussing episode three, chapter three. Um, okay, um, in the end, Carrie does get COVID. <laughs> and just like that, I got, I got COVID. COVID. Um, <laughs> she, thankfully, Carrie does get through it. She records chapter three. It's all good. She, she gets through it. Um, and I, then, that last, that final lo- voiceover line, Chris was like in the other room while I was watching it, and I just heard him like bark from the bedroom. <laughs> like, what on earth? What on earth is this show? <laughs> Although, I mean, again, I will say this: it made know, me laugh. <laughs> yeah, I I spent eighteen months of the pandemic absolutely terrified I was going to get COVID, and then Max and I went to see the movie X, the horror film directed by Ty West, and I got COVID. So just uh, just as my life was getting back to normal, and I had kind of adjusted to being out in public i too got covered i like that carrie you never gets know it. you never know never know when she's gonna get you yeah. yeah carrie gets it from a charming australian rugby player <laughs> seems seems about right um, and i liked the like i liked the sort of like cheeky hint there was a sort of cheeky hint that like oh what did she do to get covered was it just like talking to him or like did they fuck or whatever? she got it from his penis <laughs> that's how you can get it kids <laughs> it 
it's an STI. <laughs> <laughs> what if it was all this time? Uh, if only oh. it was, we probably wouldn't have had to stay inside. It would have been fine. Yeah. Um, let's discuss the MILF list because, yes. ooh, there's, there's a lot to unpack here. If there is a feminist issue to unpack. So uh, the head teacher at LTW and Charlotte's Kids the School. The Arbor Academy, yeah. The Arbor Academy. Played by Tim Bagley, who's very funny, who always play, who is gay and always plays gay roles. He, oh, like, I didn't know him. In. Yeah, he pops up in like Will and Grace. He's like Will's friend in Will and Grace. He's in Grace and Frankie. He's like a comedic um, actor and does like stand up in LA and stuff. Oh. Um, and he's like really charming and really nice. Mm-hmm. But um, but anyway, he yeah he says the kids have made a milf list. <laughs> I really like. I'm really relieved they never they didn't have a character saying, what does MILF mean? And then mm-hmm. another one saying, it means mum's idol. I'm really glad that they... That would have like... been a Charlotte line. It means <laughs> mothers, I'd like, I'd like. to fuck. <laughs> As Demi Lovato would say. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. But yeah, like, re- so the writers have grown since season one. The fact that they trusted us to know what MILF means, yeah. at least, was good. I think every writer's been given a little memo to find the fun. Like, yes. even, even if we're doing the heavy issues, racism, <laughs> gender, please can we find the fun? And I yes. think that was very evident in the lunch scene with Carrie, Charlotte, Naya and Lisa, where... Um, LTW. LTW. Lisa. Oh, she is Lisa, yeah. yeah. Lisa Todd Wexley. Yeah. She's not I've called LTW, confused. Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I um, got confused between Lisa and Lisette and I thought you thought it was... Oh, yeah, too many characters. Too many characters. <laughs> All seven of them now. Um, yeah. Eight, if we include Che as well. Um, so, um, they, yeah, they are having lunch and they are joking. Charlotte is like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Our lunch is normally much more sort of... Mm. elevated than this and Carrie's like really and yeah Naya just say well maybe we should discuss democracy or abortion rights but then actually she's just more excited about the fact the very handsome sound engineer has messaged her yeah right I did really like I did really like the tone of that Mm -hmm. like I felt like I was like this is the tone it should always have been Mm -hmm. like referencing like political correct stuff and acknowledging it but then like saying like these are still like fun women who are, are you know we're all we're having a fun time <laughs> because that's that's real life i mean I yeah think, yeah you know we know as women we know that things are perilous more perilous than they have been in a long time and you know again having just got back from america you know women there are i would say shell-shocked by what has happened with Roe versus wade i think yes. there is a real sort of fear like going into an election year next year which let's be perfectly honest Donald Trump could win yeah could win like that is a reality and I think everyone knows what the reality is everybody knows that they're in a very perilous position but at the same time you've got to live your life and you know that is how you get through with your girlfriends which is yeah you understand that you know that we are ready for a fight and that we are ready for kind of to fight for our rights. But at the same time, you know, you have to live your life because that's what these fundamentalist right wingers, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to stop women living their lives. And so the best, perhaps the best way to fight is to live your life. Yeah, for sure. And it's that old, like, it's such a cliche, but like, if you, if you don't like, you cry. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. However, 
the MILF list <laughs> poses some feminist questions, which is Lisa and Charlotte are both delighted to be in positions two and three. And yeah. we never, I don't think we ever got to meet who number one was. Um, some, I kind of wanted step-mum. to... I wanted to see her. I wanted it to be like, oh, do you know what would have been amazing? Like a cameo for, from Jennifer Coolidge. I was just about to She's say it should have been Jennifer Coolidge <laughs> yeah. a stif- in her Stifler's mom, like yes. iconic role. Yeah, she like sweeps around the corner. With her handbags. Um, with her. With I cut up my bedspread for this. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so then they like perv on this Ooh! child. Ooh! child. What, so, what, is this middle school? Like, how no. old are the children? So, if you school? think that Rock and if this is Rock and Lily's, school, so it's high school. So it's got to be a high school. Okay, um, so but that means he's maximum because American kids leave high school at seventeen, mm-hmm. so he's maximum seventeen. <laughs> I mean, yes, they've cast like a twenty-one-year-old model yes. to play this person. Yeah, but that scene. Is not okay. Let's be very, very... And I would like to say, so this is, you know, an old Kathleen Moran staple, but let's imagine this is reversed. Let's imagine this was yes. the dads perving after a 17-year-old girl. I was thinking I was thinking the same. Or I was thinking, what if it was, like, gay men? Like, looking at... Mm-hmm. That, that, like, a lot of viewers would see as, like, shocking and pervy and horrible. But because it's women, it's fine. Yeah, like, I heard a conversation a while back about sort of people re-evaluating queer as folk. Like... 25 mm. years on kind of and you sort of like oh yeah nathan is 15 <laughs> mm. like mm, mm. yeah uh, and so, <laughs> but still i i think i don't want to sound like a gen z person on the internet but i felt the scene was turn deaf um <laughs> because there was a way of doing that where you you still had the sort of the kid walking down the corridor but mm. the women were more like, oh my God. Like, kind of like, yeah. what's wrong with me? Kind I can't like, believe he's, yeah. Like, oh, like, oh, I feel unclean. And them all have yeah, to go yeah. home and like rock in the shower because they've had impure thoughts about like a high school. Not a minor. Rather than them all just being like, oh my God, he's hot. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and then as well, the, the fact they very quickly leapt to his defense in, yeah. in the assembly because that's a problem. I think actually. So what that what that student does is what they call part of the rape culture pyramid, mm. whereby, you know, the very top of the pyramid, the very most extreme behavior is is rape. But underneath yeah. it, there are a lot of cultural issues kind of holding up rape. And one of them is the objectification of women, this notion yeah. that women are there for the delectation of men, that, you mm. know, that they women are a commodity which men are entitled to and within within that pyramid is locker room talk banter catcalling groping because it all feeds into a culture where women are a commodity for men and i think that what that high schooler has done like ranking women obviously it's not at the it's not at the sharp end of the pyramid but if if that kid was was in my class, I would have had a really serious conversation about, you know, these are, you know, parents of our school, they're governors, they're teachers, they are not there for you to kind of, like, they're not there for you to rank and list and share with your friends, you know, they, they are, you know, part of our school community, 
Mm. And while I appreciate that the show this season is trying to find the fun, actually, the fact that Charlotte, Lisa and the women kind of become giggling. Ah, ah, I'm number yeah. two. Um, it's a bit depressing, <sighs> actually. Um, I yeah. was a bit because Lily goes to that school. Lily might be in that kid's class. And if I she's want, on the I list, want, um, then so is Lily, you know. Yeah, the, the, then there will be a student's list. Of yeah. course there is, I was yeah. half expecting Charlotte to find, like, a dilf list in Lily's bedside drawer or something. Um, but it's, yeah, it's certainly not the... Um, if I were one of the writers on the show and I'd been said, and I'd been told to find the fun, mm -hmm. that is not the, that is not the storyline I would have chosen. I didn't, I mean, apart from anything else, I didn't really find it that funny. Like, I was, like, I didn't laugh. Mm. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Tricky. I mean, it's a funny one. I wonder how the writer's room went for that one. I wonder if somebody did say, mm, they're perving on a 17-year-old boy. They're perving on, like, a teenage boy. They do yeah. have, like, Elisa does say, why do I feel like Blanche Dubois? Mm -hmm. Which is kind of like an acknowledgement, like, oh, we're too old to be doing this. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, odd. All very odd. Odd. Um, Let's move on. I like, yeah, I like that Naya and LTW have been brought together. Yay! Um, I really liked their scene together. Um, yeah, nice to see like two new characters and also two black characters mm -hmm. having like a really natural organic scene together. That was good, I thought. Yeah. Um, moving past the Bechdel territory into the women of colour Bechdel territory yeah. where two <laughs> black women talking about something other than men for a little bit yeah. before they started talking about men yeah yeah um also um, i will say naya no sound engineer should be reaching down your top ever oh yeah that I was would gonna never ask, happen you would be asked to fish ask, it out yourself he did ask though but then they just wouldn't do it not they wouldn't in, in this it. economy yeah I did think that. I was like, would you be doing that? Yeah. Never in uh, a million years. Um, yeah. I want to leave plenty of time to talk about Che's pilot, please. Yes. Okay. Because what the fuck? What the fuck is this <laughs> fucking show that they are in? So they said Netflix, right? They did say a Netflix comedy at some point. Well, they had a Netflix pilot. So their stand-up was filmed for Netflix. Oh, I see. Because so this, this was why this I was... might not be... Because I was like, what Netflix show has a laughter track for a start? Mm. And like, what is happening? <laughs> so once again, Tony Danza is back. Yes. Um, it seems that oh, we're dealing Danza. with Tony Danza. <laughs> um, it feels that we're dealing with some kind of sitcom about a non-binary person's life. We are filming the episode where Che comes out to their dad as non-binary. Mm. Clearly Che is not enjoying the experience of this pilot um, no. with the, the, ton, the ton of they them jokes. Um, yeah. It does not look good. Um, I quite liked the meta-ness of when Che and Miranda were rehearsing the lines. Mm -hmm. Che talking about the scene where they didn't want to cry because it makes non-binary seem shit mm -hmm. and then they cry yeah in and just like that and i, I kind of liked the meta-ness of that but <laughs> <laughs> i 
I mean, it's all building up. We all knew where it was going because they kept talking yeah. about Miranda's phone. And I was like, yeah. oh, no, I think I see what's going to happen here. <laughs> yeah. Is this episode, does Miranda get a tattoo in this one as well? Or are my episodes blending into one blob? No, it, it is the tattoo one. She thinks about getting one, but then doesn't. No, but she, she, does, gets she gets some... MH. She has MH tattooed on her wrist. She? Yeah, because when she gets home, she's looking at her MH, her Miranda oh. Frost tattoo. You don't actually see her getting it, though. No, it's just no. on her wrist, yeah. Yeah, and um, she gets life advice from the magical The tattoo amazing man. tattoo man, yeah. <laughs> so again, we're still dealing with Cynthia Nixon's journey of acting discovery. Um, yes. Another reference to her in AA meeting as well. Um, yeah. The, the scene where her phone goes off during the pilot taping is mortifying. Yeah, but, that was very good, excruciating stuff. Like yeah. cringe, like almost yeah. as cringe as the um, Naya hair scene in season one, like lest we forget the... Oh, uh, yeah. Um, I liked the little line about when she's talking to Carrie about commitment and she says, I can't even pick a background for my phone. Mm-hmm. That was, I thought that was a nice little line. Um, I also have got in my notes that uh, Sarah Ramirez and Cynthia Nixon have very good chemistry. I think they do. Yes. Yeah, I think they bounce well off each other. It's very difficult because then just as you think you might be sympathetic towards Che, we mm. get a line like, you ruined the family scene. Which yeah. is like, what? Yeah. Yeah, and then Che just like doesn't understand. Like, I mean, I have never had kids and don't interact with kids very much but even but I know that like when something is concerning someone's kid like that is the number one priority above everything yeah. else for sure and although maybe maybe we can forgive Che because Miranda <laughs> has I think been running away from her family life like both mm. physically and emotionally that she's literally left Steve and Brady and I hope this is picked up on I mean we know from the trailer at some point Steve is going to come back um yeah like, it feels like Miranda is pretending Steve doesn't exist. Like, yeah. he's so out of sight, out of mind. And it was slightly true of Brady as well. It was convenient for Miranda that Brady went off to Europe, leaving her to go on this voyage of self-discovery. And I yeah. wonder if part of the plotline this season, and I really hope so, is that you can't run away from yourself. You know, you can mm. you can put an entire landmass between... New York and LA but you can't run away from who you are and you can't run away from your past and part of Miranda's past is Brady and it's really it's interesting that Che brushes off her life as well I think it it would suit Che that Miranda doesn't have a background that she doesn't have a history yeah and I wonder if this is going to be the end of their relationship which is that Che isn't going to understand that Miranda comes with a son and with a past and yeah. perhaps Che is so busy or perhaps Che has so much work to do on themselves that they have not got space to also deal with Miranda's trauma as well and I wonder if that's where it might be heading how does that scene end how do we leave Che and Miranda um so they have the fight outside mm. the studio yeah. with the person holding the umbrella, which was quite funny. Yeah. Like the sunshade umbrella. And then we, we, when we next see Miranda, she's back in New York. Hooray! Thank God. 
Thank God. Yeah. I was like, if she doesn't get back to New York this episode, I'm going to be annoyed. Write an angry letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. Because her, her absence was becoming conspicuous when they were like at dinner and stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that leaves us with just Seema and her handbag to discuss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was Anthony even in this episode? Did Anthony have a week off? They have a brief... Uh, he is because it annoyed me. I put it in my notes. He and Seema have a brief. Oh like, yeah, and just talk drink. about gay shit again. And he just took, makes another joke about oh, being handcuffed up to a bed by a trick. It's starting to offend me. Yes, I'd be mortified. Like, yes, it's starting to offend me. Mm. <laughs> but like, I mean, I'm not the first person to be offended by this show, so mm. by no means am I special. But like, fucking hell, like, come on guys <laughs> it's like if it's like um, if they had a trans woman coming in and every time you saw her she was just like injecting her ass yeah kind of like, oh don't mind me just taking my hormones <laughs> oh, oh can't yeah, wait like, to have my grs <laughs> like listening to kim petrus like. <laughs> <laughs> just it's real yeah it's it's a lot like it yeah. is the one of the most sort of stereotypical representations of a gay man but then yeah. is that you know i'm sort of mindful of kind of are they sort of trying to like is that what they're saying that you know you're allowed to see a gay man be gay you know kind of but like, i don't you... know but but we're past that like yeah. we, we you know we're past that but i mean i suppose to give them the benefit of the doubt Anthony is the only gay character now for mm -hmm. reasons that were beyond their control. Yeah. And that is Anthony's character. Like he's he's always been like that. So I suppose they were just like, we'll just keep his character the same. I don't know. But doesn't he have any sort of feelings about splitting up with Stanford? Or, yeah, or is his or business something. managing, you know, it just people of an LGBT background have full and diverse lives. Yeah. Um, in in a way, I almost wish one of the women characters would be like, but how are you? You know, yeah, like, how, yeah, how are like, you? Kind of, are you okay? Are you, yeah, are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, but Seema but gets Seema, the bag nicked. Yeah, Seema. I mean, like, some, some camp scenes came out of mm -hmm. this. Um, I also thought it's very clever product placement. Like, it's... Because it's it was reminiscent of when Carrie's Manolos get stolen mm -hmm. way back in what season three. Yeah, and it made me think it's very clever because it's not only is it product placement, but it's this product is so amazing that people are going to literally fucking steal it off you in the street. Mm -hmm. That's how amazing it is. Although was it Dylan? Because of course her he robber her robber threw it away. He didn't recognize a Birkin when he saw one. That's true, um, and then. Her lighting her cigarette with her gun lighter, mm -hmm. Cam. Cam. That was very grand. Yeah. And yeah. um, Paul Lizette. Paul Lizette gets all her jewellery nicked. I was so confused by that. Why wasn't there security? Or was it, was it like the security who nicked it? Or... I thought that was very implausible that that would have been allowed to happen. Yeah. Like, I so... don't know. I feel like in the UK, if that had happened in London, like that guy would have been jumped by like just someone, just a guest. Like that would yeah. not have been allowed to like even in, in Selfridges you can't go into the Gucci concession there is a guard on the Gucci concession yeah. so I just don't believe yeah. there wouldn't have been a security um because uh, didn't they mention it was a Bulgari event as well yeah like yeah, so, like yeah sure there's no security at a Bulgari event right um I think Lisette's outfit at that event was my favorite fashion moment of the episode she, she did look stunning but then yeah 
she's a five foot eleven model. So that's, that's <laughs> yeah. who clothes are made for. So <laughs> yeah, true. Mm. Um, and yeah, that did was, we that did we learn good. anything from this episode? No, I learned that it's slightly better when Michael Patrick King doesn't write it. <laughs> yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think it was an improvement. Again, perhaps helped. I wish they didn't keep launching one and two together because it means they sort of form a 90-minute blob. Um, so yeah. the first two episodes kind of feel like they've run into each other. So maybe this one benefited from being a standalone episode as well. Um, yeah, it's it's funny. I, my, my, my group chats mm. have not been positive about and just like that for these last two weeks. What do we think, listeners? What do, what do we think? So we here we are. We are the we are the embattled Sex and the City fans of old. We love Sex and the City. Of course, we're going to watch them just like that. Yeah. What do we think? Is it nice to have the characters back, or do we wish they hadn't bothered? And there's the, <laughs> there's the question on all our. That's lives. our question. Um, do we wish they hadn't bothered? Is our question for this week. Um. <laughs> or are we just or are we just glad to see them back again I'll say this when I realised there was a new episode dropping on Thursday I was very excited to watch it so, me too and you know what I was sad when I paused episode 3 which I just watched mm. and saw that it only had 5 minutes left I was like oh I, I could watch this for a bit longer <laughs> yeah I do look forward to it and I will be looking forward to next Thursday as well and as ever join us next Tuesday when we'll be discussing episode 4 as well yeah. Um, okay, Dylan, that's all the time we have. Thank you very, very much. If you have enjoyed this podcast, like, review, and subscribe, and follow us at SIGTT Podcast. And we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye. you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.